Smartcast. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. What up and welcome to Or Whatever Movies. I'm your co-host, Iris, and I'm here with my older brother. Wesley, hello. And today we're talking about 2019 Netflix original movie, Marriage Marriage Story. Story. Not to be confused with the 1992 Marriage Story, which I know nothing about. But Marriage Story should be called Divorce Story. Yeah, uh, Noah Baumbach said that he wanted to view this one as one looks back on it from divorce. If we're going to see the complete picture of a marriage, we should see it from the beginning to its terminus. I'm tra- I've never been married and I've never been divorced, but I'm, a th- I'm an authoritative, decisive reviewer. <laughs> you haven't been married and you haven't been divorced, but you've seen Marriage Story. You haven't been divorced and I'm basically married. Okay. And I've seen Marriage Story. All right. So that kind of qualifies us. I mean, it's about we're about as qualified to talk about this movie as we are, I guess, about any of the other movies we discussed in or whatever movies. Yeah. The director, Noah Baumbach, is good at this kind of movie. Um, generally, he f- tends to focus on some of the darker sort of underside. Not quite David Lynchian, but the lesser seen elements. And this one was a little bit more on the nose, shooting for realism. Mm-hmm. Nothing really, I wouldn't say there was anything subversive in this movie, or it was intended to be real with all its flaws. Long takes... Um, sort of luxuriating in scenes and letting actors go and kind of finding out, finding out where they end up. It was it was nice. Yeah. Well, I think that if you want a reali- realistic portrayal of a relationship, you got to let it get messy. Yeah. I'd be interested to know if Noah Baumbach's experience is somehow, if he somehow relates to the character Charlie, played by Adam Driver, or if he came at this movie from a distinctly just a distinctly male perspective, but I felt like um, he really, I don't know, I wouldn't say that's heavy-handed, but the movie intends for us to sympathize with Charlie. I'm not sure if that's true. Uh, th- there's a shift in during in the course of the movie where we start off very much with Nicole. Played uh, by Scarlett Johansson. Uh-huh, her voiceover, her kind of experience, and then we make a decided shift toward Charlie later on in the movie. However, then here's where my research comes into play. Noah Baumbach based the Charlie character on himself, or at least these are fictional characters, of course, but uh, this movie is about his experiences uh, and his marriage and divorce with Jennifer Jason Leigh. And apparently she's seen, she read the script and has seen the movie and approves of it. He did have an affair with someone that that ultimately came out in the... uh, in their divorce proceedings, and that someone is rumored to be Greta Gerwig. What? Who's the director of Fellow, 
Best Picture and Best Screenplay nominee for this year for Little Women. Interesting. Well, there you go. Maybe they're kindred spirits. She's directing high-profile movies. She, of course, did Lady Bird. They collaborated together on Frances Ha, which I didn't see, but which I think was sort of the genesis of this whole thing. So if he was the Charlie character, then certainly the his associate in the theater production would have been Greta Gerwig. Interesting. Okay. Well, now knowing this, I am... This kind of confirms that we, I mean, if this is autobiographical for Noah Baumbach in any way, then it kind of confirms that he might have a more sympathetic approach to Charlie. I mean, so you really didn't feel like this was, um, that we were supposed to be aligned with Charlie in this film? Naturally, I'll align with the dude coming out of the gate, and I didn't have that opportunity. I thought it was going to be told from Scarlett Johansson. And then once she sort of got represented by Laura Dern, it very much became Charlie's reaction to the things she was doing. I think once they became completely estranged, we set up their marriage up to when he's uh, served the divorce papers, and then when they go their separate ways, we bounce back and forth a little bit. She meets with Laura Dern and has a really, really long monologue, but Charlie is sort of floundering around, looking for representation. We experience a perspective shift because once they go their separate ways, yeah. Charlie only talks to Nicole through the lawyer. Right, and except for when she comes to his sad, dinky LA apartment and then they have an explosive conversation where a lot of stuff gets dragged out. Right, it doesn't go well. So I think the strength of, of the character sh of the shift in uh, perspective is Charlie doesn't know what to believe anymore because all the things that we heard and he heard firsthand from Nicole are filtered through her lawyer and they become unclear. It adds to his confusion. Mm-hmm. I think that the filmmaker intends for us to sympathize with Charlie because for the for the latter half of the movie, or maybe even two-thirds of the movie, we are with Charlie as he flounders around, as he gets visited by the social worker, as he has that super awkward scene oh, where he, so awkward. he cuts his arm and he get, gets blood all over the door and he's trying to get around her to help her open the door. And he, and I just I felt like they were that was just one of many scenes where you feel I felt badly for Charlie I felt like he was just a dude trying to get through this and granted he got there a little bit on his own it always takes two for people to get to this place but I felt bad for him I felt bad for him too on a human level it was never lost on me though that if anything could have been worked out it was all shot all those chances were gone because he had an affair and she was always going to latch on to that, that was hard to sympathize with him fully. So I felt like uh, Noah Baumbach was making sure that we never fully aligned with either character. Two sides to every story and both sides are crucial. Right? Uh, so he was villainized because of the affair and therefore you sympathized with Nicole. Certainly in, his, in her eyes, he was wrong and would be no matter what their situation. There was no like, we were on a break kind of justification. Right. But it gets hazy when her family doesn't share that perspective and they have to act a certain way or take sides and they're, they're both on Charlie's side, not on his side exclusively, but they both really like Charlie and it's really hard for them to, to suddenly flip that switch and be mean to him, mm. you know? I think that it was gray areas all over. And definitely we were meant to see both sides of both characters hmm. and like and, and maybe dislike them each for separate reasons. Which I think is what makes this rich, a rich and dense kind of film as opposed to 
a, you know, a, a surfacey relationship film. I mean, this is what really makes the film, I think, the success that it's been. It definitely was emotionally rich and real, both on the page, but through sort of naturalistic performances. Mm -hmm. So I think it's obvious that in order for a relatively simple concept of this movie to be made and, and reflected in a simple, simple title, it really has to be real and resonate with people on an emotional level. So yes, definitely w well written, definitely real skillful in how it shifts and how it presents characters uh, with some level of ambiguity so you can make your own decisions based on your own experiences with who to side with if that's what you're going to do. But the characterizations and the, and the portrayals I think were equally as important in making this movie work. And I got to say, going into this movie I was very hesitant. Scarlett Johansson is a fine actress. Scarlett Johansson continues her trend this year of making movies in which she has terrible haircuts. but. Adam Driver, <laughs> Adam Driver, aside from Kylo Ren, was in Patterson, where he said and did almost nothing. He was also in Girls, in which he was awesome. Didn't see it. So, this is my experience with Adam Driver with any kind of range. Oh, and don't forget Black Klansman. Didn't see Black Klansman. You didn't see Black Klansman? <clears throat> nope. Black Klansman is just one that we haven't gotten around to. So, Adam Driver, so I didn't know enough about him to be assured that he would be able to carry the dramatic load in this movie. And I have to say, Kylo Ren really surprised me. I don't think <laughs> he did a really good job. I don't think he hit a false note the entire movie. He's so legit. Yeah, and he's a big galoot that you would expect to be like a doofy dude. And he really nailed it. But he was a Marine, and he's an athletic dude. He just sort of doesn't look like it. Like a legit U.S. military Marine? Yeah. What? And, but, so, yeah. Well, he's extra, what did you call him? Galuti? Yeah. He's extra Galuti and Oafish next to the Jabberwocky, or not the Jabberwocky. What are the little dudes called in Star Wars? The Ewok? The yes, next to Scarlet Ewok. Oh, yeah. But she... She's, she's kind of bitty. So I think in the showdown between Black Widow and Kylo Ren, maybe he would have won just by sheer force of will, plus he has the force. Um, but you see the two of them together, and it's, it's kind of jarring. It's an awkward pairing, but she can certainly hold her own against, against him and does. But in that space where he has to physically act and emotionally act, more importantly, I thought that what I was watching was real because of how convincing he was in breaking what I perceived to be his sort of type of role. Interesting. I went in expecting a lot from Adam Driver, and I think that he, in this role, is in his sweet spot. He and Lena Dunham have a deliciously dysfunctional relationship in Girls, and I think this was a little bit of an extension of that character. Similarly, I think Laura Dern was rehashing her performance from Big Little Lies, and was again also in her sweet spot. So I think maybe, these two actors were a little typecasted for these roles, but they were like in their element. And Scarlett Johansson is a good actress, and she's a very capable actress. I think that her Avenger stuff is pretty regimented. I think Jojo Rabbit was a very specific kind of role where she served a purpose, but here she was just kind of let free. Mm -hmm. um, had a very long scene with Laura Dern, a lot of exposition, but she flowed very well, and it was very real. Almost felt unrehearsed. 
it felt so natural, it felt unrehearsed. Yeah, I think that her opposite, Adam Driver, really brought out the best in her. And it's great, it's a great thing because their chemistry really carries the film. Yep, and of course, Laura Dern nominated for an Academy Award for her portrayal and a Golden Globe. Um, was that justified? I think she had a, a, a good supporting role, but like you said, she might have been playing to her strengths. Yes. How do you feel about, there's a lot of talk about Laura Dern in this role, which didn't stand out to me, but maybe that's because I didn't like her character. I didn't like what she was saying. It was very hard. I was as distrustful as the Charlie character was when she would come at him and praise him yeah. for the most amazing thing that I saw that year. Yeah. And then she'll just cut him down in court as being a, an irresponsible father and et cetera. I couldn't tell when her character was being sincere. Well, I think that was the beauty of it. I think that Laura Dern had a perfectly adequate performance. I think that, like I said before, she was in her sweet spot. Maybe she was rehashing a little bit of her character from Big Little Lies. But really, I think the key to her performance was the writing. She had really great material. She, like you said, is, is, is very vexing. Like she, you know, you can't tell when she's being sincere. You can't tell when she's being manipulative. Sometimes she's being a little bit of both. And it really, if you, if you sympathize with the Charlie character, then you really feel the impact of that performance. Maybe that was the case for me. Uh, Noah Baumbach did say in an interview that her, he asked her to approach this in sort of a seductive way where she cozies up next to Scarlett Johansson and really has to get in good with her, a person she's only just met, and get her to trust her implicitly, you know, to where she can pour out all the things that she can then use in court. In that way, that sort of wormy, um, a little bit too close, a little bit too intimate, too, too off the bat was kind of grody in a way. Yeah. Like I, it would make me, if I were sitting in her office, uh, woman or not, I would be really distrustful of her sort of immediate intimacy and familiarity. Like flip, like taking off her shoes and cuddling up with you on the couch? Just, it, it felt smarmy. That didn't bother me, but what did was when the lawyers would just talk like friends in between. They would like be in the courtroom and then battling it out and then out, outside of the room they're like, so are you going to the picnic on Saturday? Yes, it was the most interesting dynamic because I've not been in that room and it's almost as if, okay guys, we know what our jobs are as lawyers and we are going to do them well and ruthlessly. It's sort of like people in MMA shaking hands before they beat each other half to death, you know? Very strange to see them chat <laughs> casually and then rip into each other with knives out. You know? Yeah, this is like the emotional MMAs. <laughs> I hope I never have to go through that. It was really hard to see a marriage picked apart in that way, really brutal. And I have to imagine that if you've really been through a, a really difficult divorce of this nature, especially where you have anything worth fighting for, just clawed apart uh, to the bare bones, that this movie would, would resonate differently, that it would be painful and unpleasant to watch. I found it fascinating. Uh, really liked, enjoyed the performances, and it wasn't hard on me. It doesn't make you feel great, but I definitely felt frustration and, and, and fear and anger and love and, and was moved when maybe they could reconnect 
even on a human level, not necessarily romantically, but just I was really excited for when they could get back in the room and talk face to face, where he kept saying, well, that's not what Nicole told me, you know, that doesn't make sense. And then they would talk it out. And it wasn't the, the complete opposite of what the lawyers were saying. It was just different. Yep. It was infused with more emotion, more justification, and it made the lawyer scenes feel all the more cold and brutal. Yeah. It must be horrible. Well, I think that in order to get through a divorce, this is a little bit of where you have to go. You have to focus on the negative. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You have to, in a way, convince yourself, as well as the others around you, what you need. This is hard. It's hard because these two people have a genuine connection, and you wonder, I'm, I, I still wonder if they can work it out. I mean, if you can be civil and you can be, and you can love each other, like, did they, did, could they have worked it out, I guess is the question. And I think there's a certain point in a relationship where you get too far down this road that you don't turn back. Yeah, that's maybe this movie was that was helping us to realize that moment. From the start, this movie was doomed and still we were allowed to hope that something could come out of it uh, in the conventional romantic comedy sense. Um, and that's why it is a marriage story where the marriage doesn't always work and isn't perfect. And it's not divorce story where we didn't have any hope that things might work out. I think Charlie did. I think Nicole did to a lesser extent. Certainly I did hope that they would work it out one way or another. And in that way, the ending could be seen as maybe anticlimactic, but I thought it worked really well. The ending was certainly anticlimactic. The outcome, I think, was exactly where what would have been the outcome had they had they gone through a moderator and and parted amicably. Yes, and because all that stuff was just rhetoric and it wasn't how they really felt, it maybe was just a necessary evil to get past a marriage, to really kill it once and for all. So good, good story, good writing, good acting, good direction. I was unexpectedly carried away by this movie, carried along, and it was going really, really well until they started singing. Now, with Scarlett Johansson, I gave her the benefit of doubt. I kind of put a pin in my ire because she was singing along to a musical and she was with her parents. And the idea was, or she was with her family, and the idea was that she was celebrating and supposed to be happy. And we could see her acting along and maybe she was enjoying herself. But we knew that the undercurrent of misery and, and confusion was there. Right? So you're watching her face while she's smiling and you're looking for the cracks as they develop. Fine. I don't love extended musical numbers, but oh man, when Charlie got up in the bar and started singing from the same musical, I, I wished, oh. I'm like, this brings me a lot of joy that you hated oh, this. God, I hated it so much. Um, it's strange to have a moment that I disliked so much in a movie. Um, I've never been a fan of musicals. Musicals are a different animal, 
and things like Mary Poppins. Okay, we're going to stop down what we're talking about, and we're going to have a musical interlude. It's fine, because it was always meant to be fantasy, where characters can just break out into dance and song, and maybe he's a theater guy, but it was, it's really hard for a movie this nuanced and this carefully and skillfully constructed to have the scene where he sings a song and, oh, but that song that he's singing kind of represented his character and his inter-turmoil. It went on for so long. And Adam Driver is fine as a singer, but it was so on the nose and so bothersome that I, I can't help, I can't let it go without bringing it up. He sang it for real and with conviction and yeah. without a false note. No, he, he did, yes, but the fact that that movie stopped down for three minutes for him to sing that terrible song was just so on the nose of look how his, look where his character is. He's come to this place where he's singing this song and it mirrors his character's experience. It was just, it was too on the nose and it was too pat and it was, frankly, it was the tool of a lesser movie. I think that you're afraid of where emotion you're, I'm, I think you're afraid of where music takes your emotions and you're afraid and unwilling to go there. I was so happy in the scene where he was sitting in the restaurant with his friends talking about Nicole and these are all people that know and love her, right? And he was like, I just can't, I don't understand. And he's like complaining about her and his friends are listening and, and they're being supportive and all that stuff. And then he gets up out of the blue and starts singing. It's like, what are you doing? Is this the time that you need to preen? What prompted this? They weren't pushing him out of his chair. He decided that he needed to be theatrical. And I was so annoyed with this scene that I looked it up and Adam Driver and Noah Baumbach were both talking about this musical that they love and they were like, let's put a couple of those numbers in this movie. Let's try it. Uh, we'll have Nicole sing this one and you can sing this one. And I was like, oh my God, if I could lift five minutes out of this movie to make it that much more perfect, that would definitely be the scene. Wow. You really hated it. Yeah. And, uh, Kelly got up off the couch and she said, and she was headed to the bathroom and we paused it. And she said, what was that song? And I said, I don't know. And I wish I never knew because I wish I had never heard it. And she did that awkward silence. <laughs> I thought it was gripping oh. and I thought it was rather beautiful. And I thought that Adam Driver sold it. And I think that Adam Driver, kind of like um, Elizabeth Moss, is not conventionally beautiful but you can't stop looking at his face. And I did, and I had to watch that scene all the way through, never not looking at his face, because it was in close-up, and he just sang that song all right. It was as if Kylo Ren sat down and balanced his lightsaber on his knee and started singing all by myself. <laughs> it so brought me out of the movie. I was so angry that they went with this storytelling device when I was already so invested. How does All By Myself go? Nope. Is that the is that the Green Day song? No. All of myself. And no one was looking. I don't know. Green nope. Day. Don't know. Green Day sucks. Dude. I said it. You're a product of like early nineties music. Yeah. And thus I could say that I'm a I'm an authority and I know the Green Day sucks. Right. And Foo Fighters is boring. Ooh, you went there. Dave Grohl, great guy. Adam Driver, great actor apparently. When they sing it's kind of boring and stupid. That's funny. For, the, for all the emotional heft that his character had, that musical number certainly didn't infuse anything. I have to say that it took away. So did it 
pull the movie down for you, what's your ultimate rating? No, you should totally go see this movie. I liked Marriage Story in a way that is the best kind of movie, where I go in with a certain expectation, and it's blown away, and I'm moved, and it's very satisfying. It's a delight when movies surprise me and move me uh, because I w when I wasn't looking for it. Do you think it has a chance? No, I don't. I think it has a halfway decent chance for original screenplay, but that's about it. Not even performances? As much as I would like to say, I don't think so. I think at the moment, Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver are too closely tied to their superhero careers. Mm. And, and while these performances were great, and I certainly wouldn't be upset if they won, I don't think if they're, that they're enough to sort of change the public's perception of them right now, at least the, uh, the voting bodies. I think Adam Driver's got a chance. I hope so, because the best kind of performances are the ones where they exceed expectations so fantastically, and he did that. He sure did. I think this was a great movie. In other words, I think it was good. I think that Netflix has, Netflix has a chance, and um, I think that's all they really want. Yeah, Netflix, if it doesn't already, is going to rule the world. Thank you. I love you. Please sponsor us. Uh, one day they will listen. And thank you for listening. That's our discussion on Marriage Story. I hope you enjoyed it. If there's anything that you want to, you know, talk to us about or whatever, give us a call. Leave us a voicemail at 818-835-0473 or email us at orwhatevermovies at gmail.com. We'll see you next time. Thanks. Hi, I'm Lessa Cadet, host of Her Extraordinary Life by Design podcast, where we celebrate women who are shaping their lives one extraordinary day at a time. I speak with women from all over the world about what they do and how they are passionately pursuing their dreams and creating meaningful impacts on their communities. So come join us and learn about all there is to learn about these extraordinary women. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie, and I want to empower you through encouragement, inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on Electricast and any platform where you listen to your podcast. Electricast. Cast.